Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to The Postscript. Welcome to Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series, The Postscript, where I'm here with Pastor Alan Shelby. He has been in ministry for many, many years now, and we've just been picking his brain and talking to him about what he's seen in Christianity, uh, the changes that he's seen um, uh, as, as Christians have turned away from God's Word. And, and so some of the conversation has been hard, and, and I've got more hard questions for him, so it's not going to lighten up at all. But I want to ask you, uh, Pastor, after all these years of ministry, how, how many years have you been in ministry? Off the top of your head, could you say I've been in ministry? Well, since about 1980. Okay. So almost 40. Okay. So after four decades of ministry, uh, you've seen a lot, I, I, I suppose. Um, you've read a lot. You've experienced a lot. You've, you've had your own trials, I'm sure. Um, in all the years of ministry, um, this is very, I'm curious about this because you know, as as Living Faith Fellowship continues to grow, we're going to raise up young leaders, and they need to have eyes to see, and they need to have hearts that are prepared for anything that comes their way. And so I think asking you this question, I think, is, is relevant for us because it protects us. But the question goes like this. In all of your years of ministry, uh, you've seen men fall. You've seen people walk away from the faith or, or take completely divergent perspectives than what they taught along the way. And all of the, the failures of men that you see, how does a, how does a minister like yourself uh, keep integrity? How do, how do you hold true to God's word in the midst of all the trial and all the suffering and all the failures that surround you? Uh, I, want, I want to know that personally. Yeah. Well, let me let me pick at that word just for a minute, but okay. I promise I'll come back around and accept it. Okay. <clears throat> because I think there's a sense in which integrity is uh, a good, you know, a good new Roman idea. I mean, we talk we like to talk about people of integrity, mm-hmm. which can mean you know different things, uh, but ones that uh, conceptually uh, probably a lot of times we would tie to. A uh, uh, you know a certain mindset that exists both in the world and in the church, and, that, sure. and that's okay. Right. But I think when I, you know, if I were to uh, frame what leadership should be and what the failures are that occur, you know, I'd probably frame it more in terms of uh, biblical concepts, biblical words, holiness, purity. Christ likeness. And I am comfortable with integrity, and it is important because uh, at essence it means that you are the same all the way through. Mm-hmm. So integrity means you're the same out of the pulpit as in the pulpit. Right. You are same uh, at home as you are at church. You are the same. So there is a consistency. Now, mm-hmm. not that there are not personal struggles because we all have those of which uh, are legitimate to have because if you have no struggle you gain no strength <laughs> god is merciful when he allows that struggle to remain 
our, our personal fight mm. that does not have to bleed over into the arena and bleed over into the flock and bleed over in, into the ministry. Mm. So we all have that. But there uh, is a level at which integrity should mean that we're the same in the pulpit and out right, and exactly. the same all the way through. And um, of, the, of those who fall or fall away, and, you know, sometimes some people would not even agree or, well, sometimes the people who fall away would not say that they are falling sure. away. From our perspective, they have. And, yeah. and, but even some people would say, well, that's not falling away. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it gets like that. Yeah. And I think it gets like that if we, if we don't really tie that concept of integrity back to issues of Christ-likeness, mm-hmm. biblical sufficiency, uh, holiness. Oh, yes, yeah. uh, and so, so the, the falls and the failures occur when there is a lack in those areas. Mm. And that might be worthwhile sometime if we were to develop a biblical character discipleship. Or somebody just take discipleship too. And usually on the front end, we talk about character character, qualities of a man or woman of God. And if we saw those for what they really are, and as important as they really are, as the definitions of Christ-likeness for us, then uh, it would save, you know, it would save us a lot of grief. So I, I hit, you know, and just uh, just had been talking with a pastor um, as he was describing a situation. I said, you know, if you've got, if you saved those emails, will you, uh, you know, you do me a favor forwarding? Because not because I would ever bring it up to anybody, but I'm interested in analysis. Uh, you know, we, uh, with some of the significant leaders I've seen fall, I like to do a post-mortem. How did we get to that place? Mm. You know, Bible Bill or whoever it may have been. Right. How, how does it end up to this spot? How did, how did, how did we get to that spot? And, uh, you know, so in different cases, I've tried to isolate different things. You know, the, vari- the variables that, that have impacted that individual. Yeah. One of the things I put, started putting together years ago for myself, but you know, I, publish, I publish it for the entire church, is what I call a prayer diary. Mm-hmm. Because I, I observed that you know, one of the failures I thought, you know, I looked at that person, I said, you know, I never knew that person is a man of prayer. Mm. Really never knew him to teach on prayer. Never heard him in a context where I felt like I learned anything about prayer. And, oh, you know, I wonder, prayer's kind of a significant thing. I wonder if that's part of it. Mm. So, so these are the things that will ultimately build integrity, my opinion, compared to many of the things the world looks at, wh- sure. where they also talk about, I guess, what I would describe ethical integrity, mm-hmm. which is good to have. Nobody dogging on that. But, but it should but, be a byproduct uh, of holiness. Yes. Yeah. And so prayer... You know, prayer is a significant thing. Yeah. And personal walk with God. Uh, pride is a killer. You know, mm-hmm. that's an obvious one. If you ever think that you've gotten in maintenance mode with the Bible, 
because of what you learned and what you know and how full your wide margin is. Okay, you're, you're headed for something. Mm-hmm. Um, because regardless of what you've learned or what you know, you should always be getting something fresh. Right. There should be fresh manna. I mean, every day until you die. Yep. Yeah. And, if, and so in, in, you know, your devotional life, if there's not something there. And I, I you know, I know we all go through seasons. And uh, so I'm just, you know, I guess I'm, I'm speaking to leadership as well, speaking on a topic of leadership as well. You will go through seasons. And as we go through seasons, sometimes it's difficult to get our Bible to speak to us mm-hmm. because of whatever passage we are, we are going through. So sometimes we wake up and we are, we are in a ditch. How do you get, and you're in a ditch that you can't dig yourself out of, you can't get out, you cannot pull yourself out of that ditch, what do you do? Well, keep walking. Because as you keep walking, you find the, the sides lowering and the, uh, you know, the pathway raising, and all of a sudden you're not in a ditch anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there has to be a devotional life where even in those times when you are so low that the Bible's not speaking to you, well, piggyback off of somebody else's relationship then. Mm-hmm. Whether that's the pastors, whether it's a prayer diary, whether it's, you know, I like to read Spurgeon. Spurgeon is my favorite, Charles mm-hmm. Spurgeon, because his sermons are so devotionally centered. And I think if we put Christ in the center, he will handle the circumference, push everything else out to the periphery, make him the focus, he'll handle the things on the periphery. Mm. That's so good. Wow. Um, and I think that's super important for, for us to hear, too, um, because I think so many of us do come to those places of dryness where, I mean, I hear especially with the young people in the college and young adult ministry say, well, uh, this the last week or two weeks or the last month, I haven't felt like I've been hearing from God. But this idea that, that if you just keep walking in, in consistency with him, then he's going he's gonna to show you the way out. But this is a trial that's preparing you for something yeah, greater. and and we view it as a problem, like a personal yeah, problem. Like yeah. you know, I, I have to immediately get out of this. Yeah. You you need to tell me what I need to do. You mm-hmm. need to give me what I what I need to have, and we view it as a problem instead of as a process. So we are in a season, and uh, you know. So somebody told me one time that uh, Warren Wiersbe said that what would it take for America to have revival? It would take persecution. And that is because, uh, and I will agree to the extent that struggle, trial, pain, you know, mm. we have this, we have this terrible um, aversion to pain. Hmm. But if I start with law first mention, if I start with the book of Acts in terms of What did Paul disciple people? What did Paul say when he went back and revisited the disciples? He told them, we must through much persecution enter the kingdom of God. Mm. Why? Because that is what makes you strong. So it's the pain, it's the struggle. Why do we want to get rid of that? So we go through a dry time. Okay, that ain't nothing but a thing. And um, 
if you will pick, you know, even if you need to piggyback off of somebody else's relationship in the Word of God for a while, um, if you will keep going, then pretty soon you're not in a ditch anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and you'll you come, keep moving You'll come on. to a well of water. Yeah. And leaders point. have to right. do that. That's... It's true. It's very true. So um, with what you're saying, I mean, um, the, the next natural question for me to ask is, is maybe more of a personal one. What are some of the struggles in your personal life, the trials that you've faced that have defined who you are and have been the moments of the, mo- of the most true surrender that you've faced in your, in your walk with Christ? It's a tough question. Well, I, I think uh, I, maybe— uh, and I think you might not think this should happen in ministry or at this level of ministry or whatever. Uh, but yet I think it is something that uh, is a potential affliction for all of us. Mm-hmm. And there are certain... So if you're asking me what, crucially, what, are, what, what, what were certain key pivot points, right? so not often... But every now and then, you will have that sense that you will have a sense that there is a quid pro quo here. And if I lay off on that, the devil will lay off on me. If I back off on this, he'll back off on my family. If I, and it, and it may be something else. It may be, he, you know, the, the exact components on either side may look a little different. But there are occasional times, and I think this is as true for any person in the pew as it is for any leader. Mm -hmm. But if this hasn't occurred for you as a leader, just keep living. Just keep walking. Because there does come certain times and you can almost tell that, you know, the devil is whispering to you. And you've got a choice. And, uh, you know, it's uh, Job's wife talking to him, say, look. Why don't you just curse God and die? And he doesn't call her names and say she's a fool, but he says, you're talking like the foolish women. Mm -hmm. And despite what was going on with him and despite how he didn't understand it, he hadn't read chapters one and two. He Mm -hmm. didn't know the devil had gone into God to ask specific permission to to afflict him. Mm -hmm. He didn't know any of that. I mean, as far as he knew, all of those things came from God. Mm Mm-hmm. And he didn't understand it. That he had, you know. But through the Bible, we are brought into the bigger picture. So how are you gonna how are you gonna enter the kingdom of God when the saints go marching in? You want to be in that number, all mm-hmm. right? So you get a chance to enter at this level or that level. You know, Hebrews talks about those who wanted a better resurrection. Mm. So okay, I mean, we we have to understand that. It, uh, for Christianity today, we have to be all about God's eternal purpose. God's purpose is an eternal one. So God isn't playing for the short term. The things he allows or the things he does in this life are for a long-term oppor- and eternal opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Satan, if he can't keep us out of hell, then he desires to steal that from us through fear and through deception. And therefore, there are those times when you have a sense and you know, if I, if I just stopped, if I just quit, if I just didn't do this, if I just, 
you know, if I backed off in that way, then the pressure would be off over here. When you face those moments where you've felt like quitting, I know the general answer. I know the, I know the, the vague answer, but where do you run? What, like, is there, I mean, maybe it's a, maybe it's a book in the, in the, you know, maybe it's a book in the Bible. Maybe it's a, a particular prayer, but for you, Alan Shelby, when you face those moments where you've wanted to quit, what does that look like? How do you find, yeah. find God? So I think if, you know, if I run any place, I would say the Psalms, mm. because you can read until you find yourself in the Psalms. So wherever you're at, wherever you are at, mm-hmm. you can find yourself somewhere. And uh, if it is at that point of wanting to give up or whatever, if, if it is, you know, we sometimes scholars struggle with what's called the imprecatory psalms, which are the ones where David is calling God's vengeance down on his en- enemies. Right. Huh. Well, which one of us didn't ever feel like that? So you can read until you find yourself in the psalms and then keep reading. Mm-hmm. That, and again, that doesn't, it's not medicine, it's vitamin. And mm-hmm. your <clears throat> spiritual nutritional needs change with the seasons. Mm. So you need the you need the vitamin C psalms, but you know sometimes you need the echinacea psalms, and uh, wh- whatever you need right. uh, immune booster psalms, and you need um, recovery and and reconstruction psalms. And so I, you know if there's any place because it's the heart of the Bible, then if that's what is hurting on me, if that's what is wounded, if if it's my heart that is hurt, let me go to the heart. Mm-hmm. If it's my mind that doesn't understand, let me go to the Proverbs. Let me go to the wisdom. Um, so, I, so I'd say in terms of biblical book, it would be Psalms mm. um, as, as the place to go. In terms of your ministry, um, and, and I mean, 40 years in ministry, I hope, I hope you've got another 40 in you. Yeah, I, I, sure I wish you wouldn't make it sound so long, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Not quite 40. But you know what, though? I, I mean, 40 years in ministry, when a lot of men have fallen, I mean, I think is is awesome and a thing worth celebrating. Um, Which is not to my credit, by the way, I will say. I mean, except for the grace of God. Of course. There of course. Well, I Well, I sense the grace of God, and so I'm thankful for it. With the next 40... What do you believe that you um, want to impart? So you've got your hands in lots of ministry. You, you're, you're on several boards. Um, you have a church of your own that you're casting vision for constantly, leaders that you're raising up. Um, you're an integral part of what we're doing at LFBI. What is it that you want to do? What is it you think God's called you to in terms of your vision? And what do you want to impart to to the next generation of, of Living Faith Fellowship and, and Harvest Baptist Church. Yeah, well, I w- uh, you know I think it it would it seem <clears throat> it would seem to me to be presumptuous to say, "Here's my vision," okay, and God's going to do it, or I want God to do it. Here's my vision, right? So I. And I, you know, I usually just don't even think in those terms mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. But I 
think that I can sense the ways in which the Lord may want to use me, you know, now versus X so many years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if the Lord can use me in being an influencer among the next generation of pastors, I, I think that's a good thing, as, mm-hmm. you know, as long as I influence in the right way. Sure. And uh, I think that's a good thing. So that excites me, that, that's part. Um, you know, in things with the church, and uh, here we are on the uh, cusp of the beginning of fall, as it were, which is actually when a year should start. I mean, we just had Jews had Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. That's the right. head of the year. That's the beginning of the year. So really, the year starts now. We only start it in January because of Julius. And it just, uh, you know, so I'm not, so I'm like, okay, starting now and rolling into next year, uh, I'd like us to, to talk about being worship-driven, being worship driven and so in terms of the church then that is my vision so we're going to discover all that it means Mm -hmm. and all that we are doing uh, uh, to be a worship driven church uh, you know for the next year Mm. and that'll flesh it out as we go forward Um, uh, but uh, you know I'm excited about any any positive effect I can have on anyone coming up behind me. Well, you've uh, you've had a huge impact on me, not just through my pastor who you, who you discipled, um, but uh, I think everyone in Living Faith Fellowship feels and knows the impact that you've had uh, uh, on their lives. And so um, I just want to say thank you for everything that God's used you to do, and I'm praying that. Uh, that you continue to have an impact on us and, and, and influence, and, and yeah. we'll, we'll look to you as a mentor. And I just okay. want to say, praise the Lord and keep praying. We will. We will. Love you, brother. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Alan Shelby for joining us, and we'll certainly have him back uh, to, to ask him some more questions. Um, as the semesters pass on, hopefully we'll get him in here when, when he's teaching uh, an up-and-coming class. But we want to thank you for joining us as well. And we want to ask that you come back next week and join us for the next episode of The Postscript. You can check us out at thepostscriptshow.com. You can follow the LFBI Facebook page. uh, And you can also visit us at lfbi.org if you want more information about The Postscript and or Living Faith Bible Institute. So thanks again, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. 